Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Ryan Baker Barnes is entitled, When God Speaks. We want to invite you to our next gathering. It's called The Stirring on Friday the 18th of October. Set aside time to seek God in praise and worship and to encounter His presence and to see a transformation and a revival in our country. Visit our website for full details and to register your place. Why don't you give a hand for the, for the worship team? And... Isn't there a beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit in this place? Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We just invite you to keep coming and we praise you for the children next door. Give the children a hand. I love hearing that sound. <laughs> I'm responsible for three of them next door, so <laughs> the loudest are probably mine. But yeah, we're really grateful for the generation across there. Sounds like they're having fun. It doesn't it sound like that. And uh, don't we have a good time in the presence of the Lord? Amen. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, just keep moving on our lives. Keep, keep talking to us, Lord. Let it be your words, your voice that resonates through our lives today in the name of Jesus. Well, it is my privilege and my honor to get to speak with you guys this morning. We have started a, a new series called When God Speaks following on from the Prophetic Voice Conference, hearing the voice of the Lord, uh, all that the voice of the Lord carries and does in our lives, we're now going to look at when God speaks. And I'm really pleased to see so many notepads and uh, writing of notes. Um, I believe God has got something that He really wants to teach us this morning. So I'm going to kick off. Let's turn. I'm going to read a fair bit of the Bible. It's a good place to start, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, let's read together verse 1 through to verse 8. Everyone there, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Are you ready? Like it. Now the Lord, now that Lord is Yahweh. I like to know exactly who it is. You know, so often in our world, we can go around talking about God and the world has a different opinion of God. And you can say, God told me this. And some people might be thinking, are you talking about the Muslim God or the Hindu God or the idol God of fashion? Our God has a name and his name is Yahweh. Yahweh spoke, our God Almighty, and he said this. Now the Lord Yahweh said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you, I will also curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. How many of you would love to hear the Lord speaking that over your life? Well, you know what He does. He's speaking those same words even today. And it goes on. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham took Sarah, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions. This guy didn't do things by half. He didn't leave half back. He thought, God's told me something. I'm going to respond. He took all their possessions, which they had accumulated, and all the people that they had acquired, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. And Abraham passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moriah. Now the Canaanites was there in the land. And the Lord appeared. Everyone say appeared. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. 
When he proceeded from there to the mountain to the east of Bethel, he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Okay, I want us to just ask three main questions this morning. These three questions are, what, why does God speak? The second one is, what happens when God speaks? And the third one is, what should we do when God speaks? The first thing I want you to know when God speaks is, why does God speak? Now, if you just turn in your Bible or flick in your, in your phone, what is the chapter immediately before Genesis 12? And all the mathematicians shout out 11. Well done. It is the language of Babel. Keep going back. Chapter 10, Noah. Chapter 9, covenant of the rainbow. Chapter 8, the flood. We keep going all the way back. And what do we see? We see a story of man where he has made mistakes. Let me tell you this. The reason that God speaks is that he wants to connect you with his incredible narrative. You know what? The world is aching to be involved in a story that matters. And when God speaks, we realize that we are a part of the greatest story that ever was written, that has ever been told, that is still unfolding and still being told. When God speaks to Abram here in Genesis chapter 12, it's the same words from the mouth of Yahweh that in Genesis chapter 1 created the world. Go back and think about Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God spoke and it was so, right? The words that spoke creation into being were from the mouth of Yahweh. Now our God comes to a man and he speaks a destiny into this man. Where, um, where Adam was the one who would hear the voice of God, it, the Bible says, in the coolness of the evening. I, I love that imagery, don't you? Just imagine a summer's day, the, the, the weather's been beautiful, you've enjoyed the sunshine, you've enjoyed your family, and in the cool of the evening, you're sitting down, the sun is setting, it's that beautiful twilight zone, you can feel a breeze coming across, and the Bible says, in the cool of the evening, the Lord's voice would go out to Adam and to Eve, and he would call them to have relationship with them, to be friends, to have conversation with them. This voice that created the heavens and the earth, that created uh, the animals, the sea, the clouds, this voice that called to man, God's pinnacle of creation, to come and have a relationship with him, is the same voice that now calls out to Abraham. God wants to connect you with his narrative. Now, what is a narrative? A narrative is a cool way of saying a story. God has a story, and it, from the, since the beginning of time all the way to his great ending, which if you turn to the end of the book, guys, we win. We've won. God wants to connect you into his story. Isn't that incredible? See, God's voice and God's plan is so continuous. So often we can start Genesis 12. Okay, here we go. It's the starting of God calling a nation. We know that Abraham is going to have some children. We know that his children are going to become the nation of Israel. We know that Israel is going to become the, the nation through which Jesus comes into the world. And we think that's the start of the story. Uh-uh. God's voice is continuous. 
When he speaks to you, you are being plugged in to his narrative since the beginning of the time. You know, the Lord, he doesn't forget about things. Yahweh hasn't like dropped the ball. <laughs> God hasn't thought, oh man, I'm going to have to start again. When he gets to Adam, to Abraham, sorry, I keep calling him Abraham. You know his name here is Abraham, right? Because he hasn't put the, the breath in his name just yet. That comes later. We're not going to get to that today. God doesn't think, oh man, what's happened? I've got to now start again. Let me tell you, in your life, God doesn't have to start again. You might feel like you're starting again, but God never once feels that he's having to start again with you because he's always got a plan for you and he's made you to fit into his great story. I love that quote. A guy called Nathan Edwardson, I'm going to give him credit, said it. The world is aching to find itself in a story that matters. Isn't that incredible? Let me tell you, friends, we know the story that matters. God has called us into it. That's what happens when he speaks. It was the same voice that goes out. From the confusion of communication at the Tower of Babel, God speaks. He speaks in clarity. He speaks in confidence. He speaks words of destiny to one man. That's the same voice of the Lord. They can speak out to you. God, God doesn't lose a momentum. Nothing is wasted. Don't get stuck in your stages. What, what about, let's look at the New Testament. What about this verse when Jesus says in John 10, My sheep know my, my disciples know my voice. You know, the voice of the Lord now is the same thing that speaks to us, that makes us disciples, that places us in this incredible redemption story. And it's a redemption story, friends. Some, sometimes, let me, can I give you a little bit of an aside here? Can I give you a little bit of an aside here? Come on, Ryan. How many times, as Christians, that's good, I, I, need, I need your encouragement. It's not that I have uh, low self-esteem issues. It's that I like to know that we're together on this. I've, I've preached this message to a mirror. I can preach it by myself, no problem. But it's way more fun doing it with you guys. <laughs> You've got to practice somewhere. Here's a little bit of an aside, okay? Sometimes the shower is a good place too. Here's an aside. We, we have this opinion sometimes about the story of God, right? That Adam got things wrong and that we got things wrong. We're just filthy sinners and Jesus came to save us. And one day what's going to happen? We're going to go to heaven, right? And thank the Lord he's rescued us. Let me tell you, God's story is not just a rescue plan, okay? A rescue plan is, guys, you've made such a big mess. I'm going to pick you up and take you out of there and put you somewhere better. That's the kind of thing I have to do with my children sometimes. You should see when they bake in the kitchen. I don't know if you follow Instagram. Anna posts the most amazing pictures of Instagram. Baking today, look at all the ingredients. It is wonderful. But you should see from my perspective, <laughs> once the kids have been in the kitchen, I'm like, are these footprints in flour on the floor? I mean, you know when you make bread and you have to wash the, the, the bowl? I don't know what happens to that cloth. It looks like a horror th thing out of a horror movie. And it's dough. Anyway, we, we can sometimes feel that we have to, God needs to step in. Like I come in doo -doo -doo -doo, with the broom and I clean the sides and I load the dishwasher and it's brand spanking new until lunchtime happens. You know, we, we can feel like, God has to rescue us from the situation and he takes us out and he does take us out and one day it's all going to be better. Let me tell you, that is incorrect. God's 
great narrative for us is not just rescue. Rescue is it, but it's a small part. Let me tell you what it is. It's redemption. Redemption is a whole different picture. Redemption is not just, okay, I'm going to save you from that. Let's carry you away to paradise and heaven. Redemption is no. Right now, where you are, I'm going to rescue you by giving you the power of the Holy Spirit, by speaking my words, speaking my voice into you to change your situation. And then I'm going to be with you. Walk with you through this situation. You think your family's in a mess that needs rescue? It does, but I'm giving it redemption. I'm going to walk with you to see your family transformed. You think your workplace is in a mess? I'm going to walk with you and see it into redemption. You think your life is in, is in um, cycles that you cannot change? I'm not just going to rescue from it. I'm going to redeem you in it. And that is what the voice of the Lord does. He, it didn't quite work out with Adam. It, Noah did a pretty good job. It didn't quite work out with Noah. It goes on and on and on. And God comes to Abraham. And he doesn't just say, Abraham, I'm going to rescue you and take you away. I've got a redemption story. How do I know that? Because he says, I will bless you. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God wants to use you to be a redemption story in your situation. Thank you, Jesus, for rescue. Thank you, Jesus, for rescue. But Lord, like Bobby Connor says, if rescue was the end of the story, God would only need two gifts of the Spirit. Right now we have apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, all for what? For your sake, for the sake of maturing you. If rescue was the only plan, God would only need two ministries, evangelist and assassin. Get saved, get you to heaven straight away. Are you saved? Let's get you to heaven so you don't mess up again. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a Texan joke, okay? God is calling you into his narrative, and it's a redemption plan. Can I hear an amen to Jesus? Amen. Thank you, Lord. When God speaks, he wants to impart value. He wants to impart purpose. He wants to impart identity and destiny into your life. That, Genesis chapter 12, Yahweh speaks to Abraham. And guess what Abraham had done before God speaking to him? Had he made a single sacrifice? Had he, had he worshipped the Lord? Had he spent enough hours in prayer in his prayer closet? Had he read his Bible enough times? Had he disciplined his family well enough? Can I tell you what he had done? Nothing. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> Nothing. Abraham had done, Abraham had done zero. Nada, zilch, nothing. Nothing to deserve the voice of the Lord seeking him out. Let me tell you, we all start at the same playing field. Can, can, can we just talk about Jesus, right? Because I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, Jesus is perfect theology. We can see all this in, in, in these guys' stories. But what about Jesus? Here's Jesus. Well, here's Ryan pretending to be Jesus at 30 years old, and he comes to John the Baptist, okay? And John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And what happens? The Bible says that a dove descended from heaven and a voice came out of heaven. And what did it say? It said, This is my son, who, as you can tell, has spent his whole life fasting and praying. No? This is my son, whom I. Love. In him I am well pleased. Now Jesus hadn't um, raised a single person from the dead at that point. Do you know what? He hadn't even preached the message. He hadn't prayed for the sick. 
He was just being a good son in the house of Mary and Joseph, learning his father's trade, how to be a carpenter. He read the Bible as all Jewish people do. He realized that the scriptures were talking about him. But his ministry, wealth, nothing. And what does the father do? He sends a voice down and it calls into his situation, declaring that now is the time for things to start happening. Good news, friends. None of us will ever deserve or earn the voice of the Lord speaking out to you. But that doesn't stop His voice. His voice calls out to every single one of us. You know what? Every single day the voice of the Lord has gone out. We'll get to this a little bit later. But how, how, does, how do we hear the voice of the Lord? The Bible speaks, says that if you look at creation, you cannot deny that the voice of the Lord has gone out. All of the heavens glorify the Lord. All the heavens proclaim His goodness. The Lord speaks to us in thoughts, in impressions. He speaks to us as we read the Bible. This is how we hear the voice of the Lord. I, I've said already in worship, what is one of the things that Jesus is called? The living word. I love how John says it. In the beginning was the word. John in the New Testament is referring straight all the way back to the story in Genesis that we've talked about when Yahweh spoke creation into being. John is saying here, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and made his home amongst us. He tabernacled. I love that word. People think it means make a tent. Uh -uh. It means make a temple. Make a place of worship. In the beginning was the word. Jesus, the living word, speaks out over your life. You don't have to earn it. In fact, it's the very thing that gives you worth. We don't go and work so hard at, at being a Christian or being a good husband or a good father or a good friend to earn God's words. But God's words speak out into that situation, rescue us from the need to receive worth from that, and then empower us to be the best that we could ever be at that. Don't you love God? Oh, praise Him. Thank you, Jesus, that you speak to us. What love is this? It's Him who calls first. The Bible says that we love because He loved us first. So, so even, even then, just, just think for a minute. Let's linger on that, you know. Reverse it. Reverse that truth. Because I really believe that there's those of us who go through life and we can sit in, in, a, in a seat in revival fires here at, at the Ark on, on Wolverhampton Street in Dudley and, and feel like, I just have messed up this week. I just have gone through so much that, that I've, I've fallen short and I haven't lived the life I need to. Could God really ever speak to me? Yes, He can. Yes, He will. And yes, His words are the words that we need. It's the truth. These, these words of God also, they bring us into transition. They give us, let's just stick at Abraham. Not only had he done nothing, he didn't even have any children. The very thing that he needed to, to fulfill the word that the Lord spoke to him. But this word gave Abraham something called hope. Hope. Wow, it's such a powerful thing. God's voice to you wants to give you hope. Now, have you noticed, okay, this, this is a big book, right? I would call this a pretty big book. I've started to enjoy reading a little bit more. And if I was to buy a novel that big, well, I wouldn't buy a novel that big because I would look at the pages and I'd think, you know what? I'm just going to wait for the trilogy to come out and watch it at the cinema, you know? This should be, this should be a trilogy at least, right? <laughs> So, but have you noticed, I've just said three sentences that the Lord spoke. That's it. Three sentences. 
Go from your family, your father's house, and your country to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. Those who bless you will bless you. Those who curse you will curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What was that? About 20 seconds? Right? What power in a few words that the Lord has spoken. You know what? Sometimes we can expect, oh man, I, I, I need to hear the voice of the Lord. And the Lord is just whispering little things to you. And he says, I love you. And you're like, that's great, but I need, I need an essay. <laughs> I, I, need, I need half an hour on, on an MP3 that I can listen to. I need to print it up and put it on my fridge. And we, let's be honest, we've been in those houses where it's also on the back of the toilet door. God forgives you. <laughs> we, we need all these words. Give me more. And we can come to a prayer line and I love you. You're my son and you are well pleased. Oh, great. But what else is there? What about my tomorrow? What about my destiny? What about my wife? What about my family? You know what? There's a few words that the Lord speaks to us sometimes. But they carry so much power. They carry so much blessing in our lives. I want to... I want to hit a little bit of a teacher mode. Is this okay with you guys? Great. Yeah, great, great, great. Let's just have a look a little bit. This is the second question now. What happens when God speaks? Okay, I'm going to, let's dissect these three sentences. That's all it was. Three sentences to a man. The first thing that God says when Genesis 12 verse 1 is? Yeah. I like that. Go. He says, go, okay? Go from your country, from your family. I need to write a bit smaller. And from your father's house. Can you guys read this okay? Go from your country, your family, your father's house, and I will show you. I love the way God speaks. I will show you a land. Someone put here, hey, a land. I'm going to make you a nation. I'm going to make you a blessing. In fact, not just a blessing or a nation. I'm going to make you a great nation, a great blessing. I'm going to make your name great. Do I hear an amen to that? Amen. Amen. I am, then he says, and finally, whatever you bless will be blessed. Whatever you curse will be cursed. Sounds very similar to some other scriptures in the Bible. The key of David, Isaiah 22, 22. And he says, and through you all the nations will be blessed. Here's what he's saying. Your voice will be the voice that I use. I want to make you a voice. Amen. So. Three sentences, but already we can just think, God, how much are you speaking to Abraham? And how much is he speaking to us? I, I, wanna, I, I like doing things like this. I'm going to give you a whole load of Ps, okay, that are going to interpret this. So the first thing God says is go. God gives you a promise. Every time the Lord speaks to you, he is giving you a promise. Every word that the Lord says to you is a promise. Well, what does the Bible say? Just think about it. He says, not a single word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord will fall short of what it intended to do. It says in Isaiah, um, God speaks and the rain clouds come. 
It says in Amos, the lion roars, who can but prophesy? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? Every time the Lord speaks to you, His words are a promise into your situation. His words are a promise. They are that powerful hope that we talked about. They have the power to fulfill what they're saying. And every time God speaks to you, He gives you an action. But He says, and I will show you. Let me tell you what God's voice is to you. God's voice to you is the most important perspective that we could ever need in our lives. How many of you know that there's so many voices going on in our lives? I mean, I'm a 36-year-old man, and I made a joke a little bit ago about self-esteem. I don't struggle with it, but can we be honest? If you have Facebook, Instagram, social media, WhatsApp, anything like that, you are opening yourself up to so many other voices. If you turn on the TV channel, or in our car, the, the new the radio comes on every time I get in, and I could come drive to work one morning and be like, oh my word, Lord, what's happening to the country? <laughs> Depending on whose voice you're listening to. There are so many voices going out in this world. Don't go deleting your Facebook account, please. We need to be a good voice on there, right? But here's what I'm saying. Whose voice are you listening to? Because the voice that you listen to defines the perspective that you live from. Did you hear that? God's voice over your life gives you the ultimate perspective that you need to listen to. That's every time the Lord says, He speaks, He's giving you perspective. You might say, I keep coming up to the front and getting prayed for. I keep waiting in prayer and turning my Bible and all I ever hear is that God loves me. Guys, that is the most amazing perspective. Jesus based His ministry on those three words. This is my Son whom I love and you are well pleased. Get, if God keeps telling you that, it's because you need that perspective in your life. And God won't give you the next bit of revelation until you put that perspective into practice. Amen? So God speaks. He gives you a promise. You could use the word potential. He gives you a perspective. So what did he want Abraham to do? He says, leave your country. What does that speak of? That's a place. Let me tell you, every time the Lord speaks to us he has let me let me use this word he has a locational being uh, let me just use the word be okay that's for a blessing okay every time the lord speaks he has a locational blessing he has a place just for you now just show me stick your hands up if you were not born in dudley now look around the room okay okay let's let's try this put your hands down put your hands down put your hand up if you were born in dudley maybe that would be better Give them a hand. Woo! Thank you for having a place prepared for us where God's voice has gone out to say, this is the place of blessing. Let's do it again. How many of you weren't even born in England? I mean, look around, guys. I want you to know you are in this place for such a time as this. I want you to know this is the place of locational blessing for your life. Why? Because this is the place where the voice of the Lord has gone out from. And you've heard it. You've responded. Even if you're here as a visitor this morning, you're not here by accident. This is the place, the location that God wants you to be in. God's voice sets us up in locations. God is so practical. He, he knows the place. There's a verse in Acts that says, For I know the times, the places, the seasons that I have 
uh, designed for you to live in. That's what we're stepping into right now because we hear the voice of the Lord. What's the next thing? He says, leave your family. What's that? Oh, I love this. God has got a people for you. Amen. You're part of something. He doesn't just want to set you in a place and say, toodaloo. It's not a desert island. You're not called to be a hermit. God puts a place for you and then he puts a people with you. What is that? That's a relational blessing. Every time the, vo- the voice of the Lord speaks to you, He wants to pour out upon you a relational blessing. He has put people in your life that He wants to align you with. I'm going to go through this quickly because I want to show you something. Um, he wants you to leave your father's house. What does that speak of? What I tell you what it speaks of? It speaks of the practices. Think about the culture of your father's house. My father could do something a certain way and I'd learn to do things in his way. There's nothing wrong with that. But when I come to my heavenly father, he says, I have a different practice for you. I have a practice that sets you up for something different. And I'm not saying that, um, that that's obviously if, if we come from, like we've been saved, right? We've been, we've been redeemed, not just rescued from an old way of life. God has a new practice for us. What does that speak of? It speaks of functional blessing. God doesn't just want to have you come to church and sit on a chair and be a part of his house and just come and watch him do stuff. He wants you to function with him. Father, son. Really what it should say on on the church is, uh, this is the father's house, this is the church of Jesus Christ and sons. Jesus Christ and bros, right? I'm always going to get myself caught in that one. Jesus Christ and children. There you go. Is that better? The voice of the Lord. If you have to be a bride of Christ, ladies, you can get used to being brothers. Amen? <laughs> I'm joking. Sisters too. So, <laughs> your identity sounds really secure, Jackie. I'm really pleased about that. The Lord has a functional blessing for you. How do you receive it? His voice. The voice of the Lord. When God speaks, this is what He does in our lives. Then He says, come, I have a land for you. What is that? That's a possession. The Lord has stuff we want us to possess. What is that? That's a territorial blessing. Can I hear a great big amen? That. God has territory for us. Now you see, a land, he says, leave your country, I'm going to show you a land. Leave your family, I'm going to give you a nation. Leave your father's house, I'm going to give you a blessing. He says, when you, you come from a place, he then takes that and he builds, he gets stronger. He says, you know what it is to be a blessing in a location. You've been faithful with that through my voice. I'm now going to give you a possession. You own a territory. Isn't that incredible? What does a territory mean? It means an area that we are in charge of. Now, let me just talk for a little bit about blessings. Okay, I'm, talking, I'm using this word blessing. We've got to change our mindset a little bit from just seeing blessing in a physical setting. If I could use this description, a blessing is a spiritual commodity. That's what it is. Um, I, I take my children to school um, and it drives Beth to a high school. I mean, I've got a kid in high school. How cool is that? It's amazing. And I, I walk my son and my, my youngest daughter to junior school. And guys, it really hit me this week. There's people that we, that we bump into, that we see, who are living in poverty. They are living outside of the blessing of the Lord. 
But let me talk a little bit more about this. I see people wearing the most expensive shoes. I mean, these trainers, these Nike Air, Michael Jordan, B, Rock, whatever they are, they're like 100 pound trainers. The dad, sorry, how much, Lumi? 300, there we go. Yeah, guys, I mean, like, what? 300 pounds for a pair of trainers. And they could turn up in a really cool car. But when you look at them, they're poor. Let me tell you, I come from Africa. God told me to leave a country, a family, a father's house. He did. He did. I have sat with friends, thank you, Margaret, in Africa, in mud huts, with no electricity, with no fridge, with no Wi-Fi, nothing but a thatched roof, no shoes. And I have felt the riches of blessing. I haven't felt a single bit of poverty on their life. Go figure that out. I'll tell you what it is. Blessing is a spiritual commodity. It's not just a physical possession. But let me tell you, God's not going to be limited to that. If you're faithful and small, God will give you blessing in the physical. I I believe in that. But guys, it doesn't matter what we have. We can be rich in in what we have in the the Lord Jesus, you know. It doesn't take anything to, to keep a house clean, to have good morals. That costs nothing. People can say, I need money, I need money. You have got a spiritual blessing. That was an aside. So anyway, territory. God wants to give us a territorial blessing. He, it's a nation. Well, what happens is from the nation, God then gives us a provision. And this talks of a generational blessing. In the nation we live, there now is not just my family, but there's families, plural. God wants to give us a generational blessing. He wants this great narrative to grow through the years. He wants me to impart it to my children. He wants my children to impart it to their children, just as I received it from my father, natural and spiritual. He wants to make you a blessing. Do you know what? Can you just just think about the words that God used there? Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. God's word speaks to you. It gives you power. Have you read Psalm 29? Oh my word. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord shatters the trees. The voice of the Lord makes the mountains tremble. The voice of the Lord makes the earth shake. I mean, God's voice speaks power into our lives. What does that talk of? That's an influential blessing. God wants to give you an influence. But we'll see in a minute. Not just any influence, his influence. He has a name for you. A great name. He has great. He has a position for you. Position. God has a place, but then he has a position. This is intentional blessing. Guys, God, you're part of God's great big story. You haven't just stumbled into something. God has an intent for you. He has a purpose for every step of your life. He is intentional about all his plans. He is made, taken with great love. He's poured over our lives. Every single detail. It's not just some big coincidence. Some big cosmic soup from which everything emerged. It's the love and intent of an amazing father. A name. He has a promotion. I'm going to hear a hallelujah amen from this one. Promotion doesn't come from the north or the south. It comes from 
the voice of the Lord is the thing. So I'm going to give you a name, Abram. What Abram doesn't know is later on he's actually going to have to change his name. But this talks of governmental blessing. Now let's just sit there for a second. This is not just going into your local council. We, where are we right now? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We belong with Jesus. From that heavenly place, whose government are we living out? God wants to link us to a governmental. Oh, you probably can't read my writing. Just, just, just trust me there. That's governmental. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else it could be. I spent hours trying to get all these AL words figuring out. Anyway, governmental blessing. God has seated you with an authority. We sang about it this morning. He is the name above all names. Glory be to Him. You know, that's the authority that God wants us to live in. This is the sonship, the daughtership, the childship that God has called us into. That we move with governmental authority. All this through what? Three sentences that God speaks into our lives. A voice. This is my. This is the penult. The, the ultimate one. God gives us a purpose. The voice of the Lord is to give you a purpose. Anna's going to be speaking next week. I'm really looking forward to it. Jeremiah 29:11, amongst other things. For I know the plans and the purposes I have for you, declares Yahweh. It's the same word, declares and Yahweh. Plans to give you a blessing and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope. And a future. What is this? You know what? When we hear the voice of the Lord, we enter into our eternal blessing. And it's the ultimate call that He wants us to do, that He wants us to resonate, to echo with His voice, and to become His voice, His words right here on the earth. Now, what does all this do? I'm going to do a great big arrow here. This is what it does this is God's plan. Every time He speaks, it's God releasing his plan. And every word that God speaks to us, he wants us to align with his plan. See how it starts? It starts right here with where, where are you? Where are you planted? You know, I am at 16 years old. I came to England. I was a bushman out of Zimbabwe. If you don't believe me, you have to ask Anna when she first met me. I didn't know what style was. I didn't know what scissors were for my hair. I was a mess. <laughs> I thought I was quite cool. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I would, I, would <laughs> I would walk around town barefoot. <laughs> and I would wear... My wife is despairing right now. Is this, is this too much? <laughs> you guys are enjoying this, right? I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> I used to wear a, um, <laughs> a safari waistcoat. <laughs> It's like this, it's like this um, canvas waistcoat with no arms and all of Crocodile Dundee. There you go. You got it. All of these pockets, right? And I would have my little water bottle in case I got stuck in the bush. I had my, my pocket knife in case a lion attacked me. I had, I had these little plastic tubs that I would use because I'd go and collect insects and lizards and snakes and I'd put them in and put them in my cupboard. And it was hot, so I wouldn't wear a t-shirt underneath. I just had this, this jacket. I didn't wear a loincloth. Come back. Come back to me, guys. <laughs> so, you know, this was me. I was a 16-year-old kid. I thought it was quite something. I came to England. 
stuff was kicking off in Zimbabwe. And I walked the streets, fortunately with shoes on, because it was cold. And my grandmother took me shopping to Primark. It was, it was actually Matalan. Matalan. And she bought me these fleeces. I've never worn a fleece since. I, mean, I knew enough about style to know that that was bad. Anyway, and I'm walking the streets of London in my fleece and my Matalan clothes. And I just feel, the only way I could describe it was there was a beat on the street. And I'm walking the streets, I just feel music coming off the streets. I just hear God saying, everywhere you, I set your foot, I'm going to give you an inheritance. I'm thinking, wow, what's this? The next day I'm going and I'm walking, I just hear God saying, this is the land I've chosen for you. I'm thinking, what, what is going on here? And, and I, I, I keep hearing it. And I, it was very hard to put it into words. Some of it was feeling. Some of it was impression. Some of it was those scriptures that I've just told to you. Do not be afraid. Everywhere I give your seat, your feet to take, like he says to Joshua, be bold and courageous. So I'm thinking, what is going on? I go home to my mom and dad after being here for five weeks. I say, um, I like Africa, but I'm going to England. And they say, after you've finished your school, you are. Anyway, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. I knew that there was a place that he had for me. What happened when I come to a place? See, all this has to get worked out. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tie this up very soon. I know... Yeah, we're going to tie this up soon. We're going to look at the third question, which is what should you do when God speaks? Let me tell you, there is a rhythm of response that the Lord wants to lead us into. But let's just get back to this 16, 18-year-old kid leaving Africa. I do miss the sunshine. Can we just give God a great big hallelujah for sunshine? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But I also like electricity. <laughs> and I don't like mosquitoes, so, you know, win-win. Anyway, God brings it to the place that he calls me. He says, I have a location for you, you know, and, and I, I turn up. I'm in London. I have two, two guitars and one suitcase. You could tell what my priorities were in life. I am looking for a job everywhere. It's right after 9-11. They wouldn't let me open a bank account. I had a British passport already. Okay, so Anna wasn't my red ticket. People ask, you'll never know. I mean, when I came 20 years ago, people would tell me, I would meet people in the streets and say, hey, my name's Ryan, I'm from Zimbabwe. They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. They're like, how could you be from Zimbabwe? Look at you. Anyway, the world's changed a lot. I had a British passport. I couldn't open a bank account. It was after 9-11. I couldn't get a job. I applied everywhere. No, it wouldn't give me a national insurance number yet. Everything had gone really, uh, like, afraid. Anyway, I managed to get a job working as an intern for a place called Salt Mine, which was based in Dudley, I didn't know anything. I just knew God was opening a way. His voice to me three, two years ago was, there's an inheritance for you in this country. So I jump on a train with two guitars and a suitcase and Matalan clothes. <laughs> I turn up at Dudley Port. This guy collects me, brings me along. And I'm in Dudley. I see a castle. I'm thinking, wow, this is like medieval England, right? <laughs> and this is an honest, honest story. There's a flag flying in the castle. And God gives me this song. There's a flag flying high in the castle of your heart. I'm like, wow, here I am, Lord. I'm looking for a church. I go, I come down to Revival Fires. We were in a different building at that time. I walk in and I just get a sense that God says there's someone special in this building for you. 
and who comes and meets me? <laughs> Who's on welcome team very quickly that day? <laughs> I, I just like, I haven't done the training, but I'm on welcome team today. There's a hot young man in the building. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I did, I did have bad hair. I have really bad hair. But truth, 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 God was speaking to Anna that morning too. I was worshipping God. I love the presence of God. I always loved His presence and I was worshipping God. And it was probably that that attracted Anna to me. Not just this jawline. I'm joking. I'm joking. What I'm trying to tell you is this. The voice of the Lord leads you to a place. He then gives you a people. I left everything behind. I had family in London. I left London behind. I mean, here I was. Two guitars and, and an internship, you know. But I found a church. I, God plugged me into a relationship. And I had to learn. Hear me right here. I didn't go straight ahead and marry Anna that day. You know that's true, right? Because when the Lord speaks, He wants to call you into a rhythm of response. Here's the thing. Let's, let's just, this is our third question. What do we do? What's our responsibility? When the Lord speaks to you, He wants to plant you in a place. I believe, as a leadership team here, we believe this is the place that we want you to be planted. These are the people that God wants relationship, blessing to flow through. This is the place where God wants to give you a function. His voice has got a purpose for you. You're not just here to warm a chair and listen to someone for however long I've been speaking. God has a function for you. That's what it does. He wants to align you with his plan step by step. Let me tell you, if any parts or areas of your life, these areas that aren't being fruitful, if you're not functioning in fruitfulness, if your, your territory is being smaller and taken away, if you're not finding much influence, if you're not finding relationships are working well, I want to tell you, go back to the voice of the Lord. Because it's in the voice of the Lord that you will discover his plan for your life. It's in the words of the Lord that you will discover his, his blessing for your life. Come back to His voice. It aligns you. Come back to the narrative that God has for you. Come back to the direction and the transition in your life. But let's just look quickly at this rhythm of response. I love Abraham. After God tells him this, he says, leave, 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 leave. Go, 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 and I will show, show, show. He does it. All his possessions, all his family, he goes. Let me tell you, if you want to grow in hearing the voice of the Lord, it's not about the quantity of the words that He speaks to you. It's about the quality of your obedience. If we want to grow in hearing God's voice, obey. It's, it's the simplest thing I can say. I love Bobby Connor. I love quoting my like, man. What an amazing man. He says, in this season, God is looking for nothing short than swift and complete obedience. When God speaks, obey, my friends. You might be saying, Ryan, I'm in a little bit of a desert place. Like, I just haven't heard what the Lord has been saying to me lately. Like, it's just silent. Let me tell you, the heavens cry out. The Lord is speaking words like a waterfall. If we can't hear it, it's because we might need to go back to the last thing He said to us and ask ourselves, did I obey? God takes us on a rhythm of response. He wants us to obey step by step. Listen to this. Genesis 12. Abraham, God said to Abraham, Abraham obeyed. Then what happened? 
God appeared to Abraham. Can you see the difference? There's a difference between having someone, hearing someone say something to you and having someone appear to you. I know which side I would like to be in. If you want to move from hearing to appearing, it's simple. Obey. Swift, complete obedience. Not the quantity of his words. This is three sentences from God. But look how much is in there. It's in the quality of our obedience. Return to the last words if you're not hearing. Now, obedience is the best response. And I think I'm, I'm almost done, guys. Let's, I want to just really pull out here, Genesis 12 still. Verses 7 and verse 8. There's two very interesting things that happen. After the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abraham built an altar and he worshipped the Lord. But what did he do with his tents? He pitched his tents. He moved around freely. But the, there, so there are some things in Abraham's life that were temporary. And there were some things in Abraham's life that he made permanent. He built an altar with bricks, with stones. But he lived in a temporary way in a tent, ready to move at any word of the Lord. Friends, as we hear God's voice, we need to know what things do we make permanent in our lives and what things do we make temporary. And I want to tell you that these are the things that we can make permanent in our lives. When the voice of the Lord speaks to you, you can take that to the bank. You can build your life upon it. It is the living, solid, foundational word of Jesus in our lives. The world will tell you different things. The world will throw other things at you. Those are temporary. Those aren't permanent. You can dust them off and you go back to what the Lord has said to you. Amen? Worship is a part of this rhythm of response. Worship, I ended it in verse 8 when he says, And Abraham called on his name. It started with the voice of Yahweh being spoken over a man's life and it ended with Abraham being the voice, calling on Yahweh in worship. That's what worship is so powerful. Uh, I want to just um, tell you, tell you this, this picture about a tuning fork. God wants us to resonate and resound with what He does. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a tuning fork. It's a bar of metal with two prongs. And as you bash it, it vibrates. And it vibrates to a note. And to tune an instrument to that note... You hold the resonating tuning fork against the instrument and your entire instrument lights up with that frequency. Your entire instrument buzzes, resonates, makes the sound, resounds with that frequency. That is what, it's a good picture of what the voice of the Lord over our life is. He is the tuning fork. We don't try and set our lives in tune with other things going around us. He is the original. He is the clear. He is the foundational. His words of the foundational, they are the right note, the true note. And as we bring our lives into alignment with Him, from our location, from our relationships, in our function, all these ways through, he, our lives then resonate with His frequency and we can then resound in the same way the voice of the Lord. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? Ah. Oh. Thank you, guys. I love being in church. It's fun, isn't it? We're, we're going to pray now. I really believe there's a few things that the Lord wants us to go after. In a little bit, um, we have a video from 
Trevor and Sharon, we're not gonna we're gonna be playing that right at the very end. It's it's very very simple. Simply because there are places where they go that they're actually under quite some scrutiny from government officials. So we don't want it to be streamed out. And I'm not saying anything other than just stay and watch this little video with at the end, and we'll we'll pray for them as well. But how many of you want to hear the words of the Lord resonate over your life? You know, as the worship team just gets ready, I want to. Just in this moment, I want to ask you that question. Have you heard the voice of the Lord over your life? And the first thing He wants us to do is He wants us to bring our lives into alignment with it. And that is by giving our lives to Jesus. When the voice of the Lord speaks over you, He is calling you. He's not calling the church alone. He's not just calling a country. He's not calling a neighborhood. He's calling you individually by name into his great story he has a narrative just for you he has a function for you in his redemptive narrative and the first step to that is by responding to his voice and saying yes i hear it and even as i've been speaking i believe that there might be some of you in the building today who have never given their life to jesus this is the time where you are hearing his voice of love calling over you and I want to give you an opportunity to respond there might be some of you as well who've walked with Jesus and this this morning is like you coming back you coming back to the time when you last heard him you coming back to the time when you last felt him moving in your life and you want to say I don't want to miss an opportunity today to give my life in alignment with the plan of God and I want to rededicate I want to recommit I want Jesus to know this morning that my life is his and if, if that's you, if you want to make that commitment, that decision today, just as we're here with our head bowed, lift your hands, lift it to Jesus. Jesus is the one who sees it. Thank you, Jesus. Now, why don't we all just pray this out together? Dear Lord, I hear your voice, your voice of love, and I respond. I give you my life. Align me. Move me into your plan. I believe in your son, Jesus. I receive his forgiveness through his death on the cross. And I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand for people who have said that prayer. Thank you, Lord.